0: Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads Podcast, episode number 20. Tonight, we're continuing our resort review series, looking at Coronado Springs Resort, Fort Wilderness Cabins, and the Swan and Dolphin Resorts. With me tonight are David Jort, Indy Disney on the boards, and Nathan Trent, Trenner on the Boards. Hi guys. Hi, Aaron.
1: What's the haps, folks? <laughs>
0: So tonight, we're going to talk about sort of the second group of, of moderate resorts that we've talked about on the podcast. And I, I kind of grouped these ones together. I, I talk about them as, as uh, you know, I refer to them as moderate plus. In each case, they're, they offer some things that the other moderate resorts don't offer. Um, and in at least one case, they offer more than what the moderates offer, but then in some ways, a little bit less than what a deluxe resort might offer. Um, let's start off by talking about the Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, I know both David and Nate have stayed there. Um, so gentlemen, somebody give me an overview of what the Coronado Springs Resort is like.
1: Basically, it's huge. Um, it's one of the largest moderate resorts that you're going to be able to stay at. Um, it's set up around a central lake, um, with a Southwestern kind of theme to it. Um, You have the main building called El Centro, which is where your restaurants are, check in, all that fun stuff. Um, Then you have three separate areas uh, broken up into the casitas, the cabanas and the ranchos areas. Each of them are basically just individually themed room blocks. Um,
0: Now, Nathan, which of those blocks have you stayed in? uh,
2: Um, I have stayed in the uh, cabanas and the uh, casitas, okay. and I preferred the uh, cabanas a little bit better.
0: Okay,
1: uh, I'll second that.
0: So, what did you like about the the cabanas area, Coronado Springs?
2: Uh, well, the theming of the cabanas is kind of like a, a kind of like a, a beachy feel to to me, kind of a southwestern uh, beachy feel, <laughs> if you can have that. And uh, its location is actually closer to the uh, big pool of the resort, and it's kind of close to El Centro, too. So kind of split the ways where the other parts of the resort may be closer to one and further from the other.
0: Okay. Uh, David, go
2: uh, ahead. I was
1: just going to I wanted to add to that real quick also. We, We stayed in Cabanas 8A, which by far has to be the best location to stay at' because we were a a ninety second walk from the from the bus stop it was a two minute walk to the pool there i'm to the to el centro which is the i'm sorry to uh the dig site pool which is the major big fun themed pool there was a quiet pool right next to it laundry was right down the hall and it was a five minute walk to to the laguna bar aka el centro
0: okay well let's let's talk for a minute about some of those uh key features of coronado springs resort that sort of give it its identity um and you've mentioned one of them already which is uh the the pool at coronado springs which is really well themed um nathan why don't you describe the um the dig site pool Uh,
2: the dig site pool is kind of themed like a uh I guess you'd call it an Aztec Pyramid. And uh, has a nice little waterfall running down the front of the pyramid into the pool. And then it has off to the, uh, I guess the right of the pool would be what they call the Jaguar slide, which has been rated as one of the top slides on Disney property.
0: Anything you want to add to that about the pool, David?
1: Uh, only thing I'd throw on top of that is that we we didn't use the pool too terribly much because we're kind of commando when we when we hit the parks. But the the times that we did mid afternoon, there was a DJ. They had all kinds of games for kids poolside. Um, it was it was it's it's very well themed and it just seems it is very well put together. Like it it reminded both my wife and I of our uh, our honeymoon to um, Riviera Maya. And in, in just, it was kind of the whole experience because they did that exact same thing at the pool there. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it it kind of took us back there, but it was, it was definitely something that if you're staying there, use it and use it a lot. And we, we kind of, you know, are, are sad that we didn't get there more than we did.
0: So Coronado really does a nice job of, of selling the theme. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the architecture, the, the three distinct areas, each of them uh, kind of adopting a, a little bit slightly different element of southwestern architecture, bringing it all together. Dig site pool. There are also some um, amenities that are part of the resort that set it apart as a, a moderate resort. Let's talk for a minute about the um things that are available in El Centro. Uh, David, you you mentioned the bar that's there, so it's it's got a full-service bar. Um, What else are uh, dining features of Coronado Springs?
1: The the one thing you have to remember about Coronado Springs is that it, it is Disney's convention center. So it has extra amenities that other moderates don't have, which is kind of why I'm assuming, Aaron, you put this into... Um, It's a category of its own with a couple of the other high-end quote-unquote moderate resorts. Um, But you have – it's the only moderate that has a fitness center. Um, Before I knew it was – I know they're moving towards putting queen-size beds in all moderates now, but it used to be the only moderate with queen-size beds. I believe the square footage is actually slightly larger per room, Um, but it also has – both um both a table service restaurant and a quick service restaurant and um uh, the quick service restaurant which is the pepper market it, it's kind of an odd little hybrid of both table service and quick service um i don't know nate did did you eat at pepper market at all
2: uh yeah the uh... okay. <laughs> the whole family really likes Pepper Market. It's a it's kind of a restaurant where people either love it or hate it, and my family loves it.
1: <laughs> do Do you want to go over real quick what it was? Because we uh we, we didn't eat there.
2: Didn't eat there. Okay. <laughs> Pepper Market. As you go in, uh, they uh they will actually take you to a table and seat you. And what you do, uh, they give you uh little cards. And you, know, you tuck those cards to the different stations, and they stamp it with the items that you get. Uh, and at the end of it, they run a tally up <laughs> at the end. And if you're not on the dining plan, they will uh, charge a, a 10% gratuity. If you are on the dining plan, it will count off as your uh, quick service credits. And it's up to you to personally do the uh, gratuity at the table for these servers who bring your drinks.
0: So it is it is really a, a mixture of, you know, what you would normally consider to be a, a sit-down meal uh, at Disney and the the quick service meal. It sounds like it's really sort of a cafeteria model um, as opposed to what you would normally see at a, a Disney um, sit-down meal of this kind where it would be uh, more like a buffet you know take everything you want instead it's a cafeteria which is take what you want but pay with pay specifically for what you took
2: that's pretty good assessment
0: Okay. Um, And I I wanted to add, there are a few other features of the Coronado Springs Resort, because it's a convention center resort, that make it a little different. One of the big ones is that in mid-October, when Disney rolled out the uh, free Wi-Fi service at the deluxe resorts, Coronado Springs was the only one of the moderate resorts that was included in that free Wi-Fi rollout. Uh, I think that the decision was made primarily because they you know, realize that that their business customers who come to the convention center, you know, expect it, uh, but it's available to all guests for free, uh, and that's a nice little perk. Considering in the uh, other moderate resorts, you'd still be paying, uh, you know, nine ninety five a twenty four hour period for wired internet, uh, let alone wireless. Um, you know, I have one, I don't think we can leave a discussion of Coronado Springs without addressing what seemed to me to be the, the two most common um, complaints I hear about it, one of which is um, transportation. Uh, there are some people who feel like the the Coronado Springs is just too, it's sort of, uh, how did I hear somebody put it, that it was centrally located to nothing? Um, That's true. <laughs> so how no, much, okay, well, let's, I, let's I, hear I, I this out. I
2: disagree with that, actually. <laughs> Hey, well, good. I, I, Let's
0: hear was, this. Let's hear you guys have I, I'm, it out I'm here.
2: Actually, with you, Nathan. So, but go
0: ahead. Oh, you you both disagree. Okay. Yeah. So, so the complaint that I've heard is that Coronado Springs is centrally located to nothing. That no matter where you go on Disney property, it seems that you've got a long bus ride from Coronado Springs to get there. So, if it, you know, help help the Disney community understand uh, how that's wrong.
2: <laughs> uh, I think. Coronado Springs is the most centrally located. <laughs> the only place I had trouble getting to would be downtown Disney. Uh, it's uh, just right across the street from, from uh, Hollywood Studios. Sorry about that. <laughs> had a brain pause. And uh, it's less than five minutes from Animal Kingdom. And maybe five minutes to Epcot, and another six minutes to. Of course, Magic Kingdom is just hard to get to anyway.
1: Yeah, okay. But Magic Kingdom was definitely the longest bus ride. Um, we had we had both we had driven down, so we had used we used both Disney transportation and our own transportation. Um, from Coronado Springs to MGM. I'm sorry. I'm old, Disney Hollywood Studios. Uh, it was a four minute trip. And the only reason I know is because I would leave my wife and daughter napping and go ride Star Tours as much as I could in the afternoon <laughs> and had to make it back for dinner reservations. So I, I had that time pretty well. Um, but, you know, Animal Kingdom um, was a five or six minute drive epcot obviously is a little bit longer um but it's really not that bad i will say the bus ride to magic kingdom if you are not on the first bus can be long because you have to wait um coronado springs does have four different bus stops um with el centro being the last one which is really weird because you'd think that that would be the place they would stop first the uh, they stop at the casitas first, the ranchos district second, and then the cabanas third. Which we were in the cabanas and never had an issue getting buses. But we're we're rope drop eaters, so we like to get to the parks at eight or eight fifteen for for reservations at that time. So we're leaving leaving the hotel at seven thirty, if not earlier. Um. But. We never waited more than five minutes for a bus. Uh, we were there in July. Obviously, it's peak times, but we, we didn't have a single issue and actually used Disney transportation more than we thought we would. Um, it, we had driven down from Pennsylvania, so we thought we would drive a lot. And for parks that we went to all day, we just, we, we just hopped on the bus early because we got there. Um, obviously, especially Magic Kingdom, you don't want to touch TTC if you don't have to. So um, get it, getting that bus right to the door, even though it was 15 minutes, really wasn't too terrible. So Right,
0: because the, uh, here's the thing. You may have a little bit longer bus ride, but then you don't have to transfer and, you know, use a, another method of transportation to get then across from the TTC.
1: Right. Yeah, we, we burned an hour and a half one night because we had to go to the – had to, quote-unquote, go to <laughs> – we had to go to Ohana for dinner So I really wasn't sure how to use Disney Transportation that wasn't going to be a big Pain in my butt so we drove To, T- uh, to uh, The TTC and then walked To the Polynesian Yeah. And really we should have just Taken the bus to the Magic Kingdom And right. walked over to the, uh, to the Monorail and, and taken The resort loop around uh, which, which we definitely will do next time we go
0: now, Nate, you guys tend to sleep in a little bit more. Did you have more issues with the buses?
2: Uh, we're drivers too.
0: Ah, ah so you avoid it.
1: I fair enough. Drive
0: All right. Well, it's good to hear that the the transportation is manageable. The other complaint that oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I, I was just going to say on the on the driving note, this is actually one of the better resorts I've stayed at while driving because there's parking outside of every single hotel block room. You don't have to worry about walking 15 minutes from the parking lot to get to your room like we literally parked right in front of our room. Now, granted, we had a parking lot view that kind of helps that. But there was enough parking there for every single one where you weren't like I I know uh, having stayed at pop recently. um, You if you're in one of those interior buildings, you're walking a long way from parking. So that that's the only uh, other thing I wanted
2: to say. Yeah, parking's pretty good if you're in the cabanas or ranchos, but the casitas was a little confusing to find out the perfect spot to park because there are multiple buildings there. As compared to the cabanas, there were only about like four buildings. Mm-hmm. So, so parking can be an issue at the casitas there. Okay.
1: Well, Still
0: close, but, just a little confusing. Yeah,
1: yes. I'm, 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 I'm glad you straightened me out there.
2: <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs>
0: Um, Now, the other complaint that you often hear in the Disney community about uh, Coronado Springs is that because it's a convention hotel, that it doesn't feel like Disney. That it feels like you're hanging out with a bunch of businessmen. Um, Is that true? False? Partially true? What what do you guys think?
2: To be honest, I, I only saw one one instance one day out of nine the last trip where there was business people in the pepper market while we were there outside of that uh didn't really notice anything
1: The the only run-ins i had with any one business was at the uh the laguna bar next to the lake and and i i really shouldn't even use run-ins it was just conversations with people that were there on business and not there for, uh, well, I mean, I don't think anyone goes to Orlando just for business. Um, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, especially if you're having a um, a convention on Disney property, I'm sure there's something Disney involved. Um, as for the theming, in-room, it's fantastic. Outside, it's great. I mean, it, it's... It's definitely not. If you're looking for Mickey and Minnie and around every corner, you're not going to get that. But you don't get that with a lot of moderate or even deluxe resorts, where it's it's very subtle. Like if you go stay at the Yacht and Four Beach Club, it's not like Disney or it's not like Mickey's thrown in your face or the princesses are everywhere or anything to that effect. So I, I just I've every trip I've been to Disney, I've always stayed on property and the one thing i love is that as soon as you get on property you don't have to think about anything else like you just you're there and the rest of the world shuts down and i just i I don't know if it's just me or my family or whatever but we always kind of stay in that constant disney mode and i mean i had to run to walmart this last trip and uh was was kind of bummed that I had to get off <laughs> Disney property half yeah. through just to pick something up. So, but it, I I can see where people say, okay, yeah, it's it's business oriented, whatever. But I think there was a cheerleading convention when we were there, and it or either that or it was softball. No, actually, it was women's lacrosse. I'm sorry, um, but there was just a bunch of high school lacrosse players around, and that was it. So, you they're still kids. They're still, you know, at Disney. So it it wasn't, it wasn't much, it wasn't a a deterrent to, to staying there. I mean, my, to be honest, my, my wife and I both had reservations, uh, going, going and staying at this hotel. We originally booked at Caribbean beach. Um, but had called, we, we, I had gotten a free dining pin, um, and had called and Caribbean beach was booked. They said they had this, We said, okay, and uh, there were some reservations and I had I'd been listening to some podcasts and uh, reading some stuff on on the interwebs. And none of it, you know, none of the detractors really, in my eyes, were there. So, granted, like I said, we are we are commandos, so we're pretty much always in the parks or uh, downtown Disney or something to that effect. But even nap time and sleepy time, it was it was it was fine.
0: I mean I think we've covered it pretty nicely. Um and I appreciate that you guys have kind of helped to to put it in, in context and you know, I, I think that maybe the what what I'm hearing tells me that Coronado Springs has been sort of unfairly maligned in the community.
1: It gets a bum rap. I will I, I, I will finish with what I started and it is huge. Like honestly, if you are back in one of the ranchos, it's going to take you fifteen minutes to walk to the front. But you can always hop on a bus and stay internally. Um, I, I will say one of the detractors was we we were on the deluxe dining plan, so we had the refillable mugs for the resort, and we definitely did not use those as much as we would have if we were closer to a place where you could get could get pop. Um, I would basically, I would honestly every night when we got home hop in the vehicle, drive to the front. <laughs> fill up drive back and that was just that it was just as fast to do that and find a parking spot as it was to walk and we were we were in those cabanas um and it was it was a good it was a good five eight minute walk to to the front so um and i guess number two was when you come in to coronado springs there's three gates there's the gate straight ahead to go to El Centro, and then there's one left and one right to go to all the rooms. And it was kind of annoying having to pull your key card out every single time and put it in the slot so that the gate would raise. Um, especially after sitting in traffic, leaving the TTC or something to that effect, all you want to do is get back to your bed after 12 hours of touring. And uh, it's just one one last thing to do. But I don't think it took away from, from anything other
0: other than just the minor annoyance okay how about you nate any any parting words about coronado springs
2: uh just that my uh wife really loves the gift shop there we've compared it to a lot of the ones in the deluxe resorts when we resort hopped and stuff like that and the ponchito's gifts and sundries is hard to beat
0: you know, actually, that's a good point, And I think it's one of the benefits of being in a hotel that, you know, caters somewhat to that convention crowd. Um, they do provide, and I've heard the same thing about Pepper Market as a quick serve restaurant that, that, uh, you know, because it's got to meet the standards of that clientele that, that you do get closer to uh, you know, the same quality <clears throat> that you would get in a, a deluxe resort as compared to most of the other moderates. Well, at this time, at this point, we're going to take a, a pause from our discussion of the resorts. And uh, David is is new to the podcast. Uh, this is his first time on the Diz Dad's podcast, and that means he has not yet taken the hot seat. So, David, it's your turn. Ten questions.
1: Right. I'm thoroughly scared. Go ahead.
0: All right. First, where do you live, and what do you do?
1: I. Uh currently reside in indiana pennsylvania which is 90 miles northeast of pittsburgh ghost stillers uh and i have been in sales for the last nine to yeah nine years wow i'm old now
0: <laughs> join the club i am um describe your family
1: we are uh currently in a transition phase when it comes to families um it's myself my wife brandy uh my four-year-old daughter gianna and we are expecting another one in may so we're uh expanding i guess (laughs) i I, i'm hoping for andrew luck but i don't think we'll get that draft pick so i'm I'm destined to have all girls and that's a long story so i'll just stop there
0: (laughs) Uh, what is your favorite off-the-beaten-path location in Walt Disney World?
1: Does Animal Kingdom count? Like uh, the whole park?
0: Is, is there is there a particular trail, a particular kind of off-the-beaten-path spot in Animal Kingdom that you would, you would prefer?
1: No, it just gets such a bad rap and no one ever goes there. Um, actually, it's uh, <laughs> kind of random. The... Bathrooms between the teacups and the Rapunzel meet and greet. Um, there's really nothing that goes on there in that walkway on the uh, the uh, what is that the backside of um, wow it escapes me right now.
0: I'm trying to figure out what the
1: restaurant. Magic Kingdom, you know where the Rapunzel meet and greet is, right? Correct? heading towards... Well, the
0: Rapunzel meet-and-greet is where, what I'm trying to place, because we didn't do it, it last time when I was there, it, so... It,
1: it's, it's where Sleeping Beauty used to be. Okay. It's near the castle.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Right as you cross the... not going straight to the castle, but the first spoke to the right, heading towards Tomorrowland. Okay. It's it's in there. Um. And really, I'm surprised no one else walks back that path, but you're close to Fantasyland, close to the castle... And, uh, there's some park benches there and it it just, the the music loop that plays, um, my daughter skips around and dances to, and it makes me giggle every time. So. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. Well, now see, that is a great reason to make that your favorite off the beaten path location. All right. So now we got to, we got to go to the other side and what's your least favorite place at Walt Disney World?
1: My daughter's going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to go with the classic "is that" answer of Small World, which I had to ride, I'll bet you, literally 25 times last time we went. Yeah. Actually, I... that's, that, that's an exaggeration, but it was one of the few rides that my, my four-year-old would actually go on. So, yeah. So, uh... So I took one for the team. I, I
0: figured that was coming. We we had discussed this a bit before we started recording, and you know I, I think that you get like a, a special award for you know fatherly meritorious service for uh, multiple rides on on uh, Small World. I
1: I think that they should sell a pin that <laughs> says exactly that. I you need to lobby that.
0: Uh, I'm thinking, you know, we're. I'm gonna have to work on a on a uh, swag shop item, a pin that we can make for ourselves. Who is your favorite animated Disney
1: character? I'm really. I'm. I'm gonna go with Ferb. Completely, because he's. I. I just. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm. I'm completely a fan. Cause I. I could. Obviously, go with the stock Donald or Goofy answer, but my daughter is addicted to Phineas and Ferb, and uh, he just doesn't seem to get the credit that Phineas does, so I'm in. All I'm right. In.
0: What sound or noise do you love?
1: Children laughing. <laughs> uh, actually, I would just go with Por favor, mantenganse de las puertas, and we'll leave it at that.
0: What sound or noise do you hate?
1: Parents yelling at their children at Disney. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard.
0: What career, other than your own, would you like to attempt?
1: Brewing. I am uh, a rather avid home brewer and would love to do it professionally.
0: Yeah, one of these days we're going to have to get you on and have you talk about your your nano brewery plans, but
1: that that that's fine. I will gladly do that and uh actually drinking around the world. If you it, it and obviously cut this whole part out, but um if you wanted to do a drink special at Disney, I would gladly gladly do the beer part because <laughs> the, honestly, I was so surprised how much they kicked it up like to the point where they were Um, like you can find Cigar City Brewing beers on Disney property Mm -hmm. at Disney establishments, which, um, in the beer nerd world are rather highly coveted. So I was just astounded that I didn't have to go off property to grab a six pack of, of anything good. Like it was, it was a win for me. I was expecting to have to drink Molston or something to that effect, but 60 minute at every place is fine with me. So. All right. I digress. Uh, that's all right.
0: We do that often. Okay. What job would you not like to do?
1: See, I I don't know. This is just in general, right?
0: Right. In general. Is there any job out there that would be the one that's at the very bottom of your list?
1: I... Br- I really don't know. Like I could make it Disney related and say standing anywhere near. It's a small world. (laughs) Like whether, whether it's running the ride or having to sweep up trash out front of it, which I have no issue doing unless you put me in front of It's a small world. So I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay. Now we get to the Disney job area. If you could be a Disney cast member for one year, what job would you want to do for that one year?
1: Tower of Terror Greeter. So, Just so I can dress up and be in character the whole time.
0: Okay, so you want to be a bellhop?
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Excellent. All right, well, David, you have survived the hot seat. You may step down.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, so we're going to get back to our, our discussion of the resorts, and um, wanted to pick up on one that that you know we're going to have to talk in in some generalities about because we don't have a, the depth of experience with, but uh, it really does belong in this category, and that's the Fort Wilderness Cabins. Um, the cabins are categorized by Disney as a moderate resort, but they have a, a couple of features that really do kind of take them up another notch. Um, one of the most important features that I think sets them apart is that they sleep six and that makes them uh, an option for larger families even more so than some of the deluxe resorts that have uh, you know limited options for a family of uh, well of six in particular but but even of, of more than four and then the other thing is that, and this one I think is is sometimes uh, of particular interest to people who have um, uh, unique dietary issues that they that they have to deal with, um, and that is that they've got um, fully equipped kitchens in the cabins at Fort Wilderness. Um, do either of you have any things that you would want to kind of contribute on this uh, topic of the Fort Wilderness cabins?
1: I think Disney's doing a, a, a pretty darn good job with the with the cabins here. Um I, I personally have never stayed there. I know people who have and they love the fact that A they can cook, B well but let me back up. Um uh have a a friend who stayed there in March, um, who has four children, so they are all between the ages of four and nine. And I know he had said to me that that was one of the reasons they actually went. They were actually planning on driving a camper down from here and figured that it would be rather cost-prohibitive gas and all of that fun stuff. Um, But he said the fact that he didn't have to get two rooms at a value or moderate resort, and uh, he was surprised how much space there actually was um, with with one of these resorts, but you get all the amenities of staying on property, and don't have to you know bust your budget getting two two hundred dollar rooms at a moderate and uh, and uh, you know it, it'll be interesting to see when these value suites come out whether or not they these cabins are as popular as they are. But the the one thing Disney hasn't really addressed as the more than four person family
0: yeah i I think that the family suites will make it a a bit interesting i think that there are some families currently choosing um fort wilderness that that may consider the uh you know the new family suites but um you know i I think that it's going to be interesting to see how it works because the, the price points are similar and um it generally and i have to look at it again but it's generally still cheaper to stay in uh, a fort wilderness cabin i'm trying well i'm trying to remember i'd have to look at the numbers again um, because i know that that the um that staying in the art of animation resort in a family suite is more expensive than one room in a moderate but I don't know whether that included Fort Wilderness or whether that was just looking at the sort of relatively standard moderates, um you know, Caribbean Beach and Port Orleans.
1: Yeah, I I, I believe that's how it was. I don't think that the uh um the cabins were included in that. But I, I I'm pretty sure that they're close. Um, they are very close. If they I are. mean, like, like, like twenty dollars close, if yeah. I remember correctly.
0: But even at then, there's still some benefits to the Fort Wilderness Cabins that that don't accrue to the uh, Art of Animation Resorts because it is a moderate resort. So, for example, you have um, a table service restaurant at Fort Wilderness, the Trails End, uh, which is a, a buffet at breakfast and dinner, um, is one of the one of the most highly rated, um, buffets on property. And I think a lot of people don't even realize it's there. Um, it's one of those, you know, resort hotel restaurants that because it's not a deluxe resort, I think it doesn't get much attention, but, um, you know, trails end is, is I think in particular, a good buffet option for a family that's got picky eaters because its menu is a, a kind of a, you know, home cooking type menu and uh it's it's somewhat less expensive than most of the other um buffet meals as well so probably a good option um
1: is it character based
0: it is not um okay. yeah no characters at trail's end Um, There are some interesting character opportunities at Fort Wilderness, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Fort Wilderness is the home of uh, one of the two sort of long-running dinner shows at Disney, one being the luau that's uh, run through the Polynesian Resort, but um, Fort Wilderness is the home of the Hoop-Dee-Doo Review. Um, Now, Nate or David, have either of you done the Hoop-Dee-Doo?
1: I did Hoop-Dee-Doo 15 years ago, if not 20 um, I think I was eleven or twelve, so well, I'm, uh, I, I remember having a heck of a good time, and I remember they served soda in mason jars, and that's about it.
0: I'm pretty
2: sure it's the same show. Um, I'm
1: sure they haven't changed it. <laughs>
0: Nate, have you done hoop to do?
2: No, sir. I've done the Lou out the Polynesian, but not hoop to do yet.
0: Well. Uh, hoop doo Review, um, is a, a long-running show. I understand it has had a few minor changes recently. Um, there was some dispute with, I guess, one of the original song authors, like it, his family, uh, as I understand it. But, um, in any case, the show has gone on. Um, one of the nice attractions of the show is that it is, uh, the, the meal part of it is all you can eat and all you can drink, and that includes beer. Um... So I think it's the only place on Disney property that you can get free beer ref- refills.
1: I'm pretty sure.
0: Um, you know, I'm sure it's not the the 60 minute, but uh, nevertheless. And I, and when
1: it, when it's free, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I think I think that's a, I think that's a Diz dad's man law somewhere.
0: <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it is. It's, it's a, a long-running show. It's typical sort of uh, Disney uh, uh, slapstick punny humor. Uh, really does appeal to all ages. It's a classic Disney show. They've done some things recently trying to, to tweak the show times a bit because I think that there was some difficulty. People were having a harder time um, with kids for, um, you know, Getting the the show times, uh, kind of late for dinner for the kids for the second show, and even the first show was was later than a lot of people were eating with their families. So they've they've tweaked those show times, and and so check your with your travel agent or check the, uh, really probably should call Disney about hoopty doo times because I wouldn't trust the website right now to give you accurate start times because they've been playing with them a bit. Um, now, meanwhile, Nate, you've been checking up on that rate question, and you've got a, a better answer for us now. So, um, what's the story on on the comparison between what it costs to stay at Fort Wilderness and what it would cost to stay at Art of Animation?
2: Uh, I was looking, just looking it up, and uh, the cabins run from like uh, two hundred eighty-five dollars a night for a value season to four fifty-five to a peak season and like a family suite at the art animation is 265 for a value season and 425 for a peak season.
0: All right, so they are very very close. Very close. Um, and especially in the value around the value season, you're really only paying a, a $20 premium to have uh you know, table service restaurant right there and um you know, the the other amenities of a moderate resort. Um, so I think for the for the you know a family of six, I, I think that the art of animation, other than it being brand new, you know, still is is a bit of a hard sell. Now, obviously, if you go to seven, it's really your only option.
1: Right. Uh, also, the the kitchen in the cabins is not just a mini kitchenette, correct? Like it's not just a microwave and a fridge. It's yeah, a full stove and such. Right,
0: yeah, that's true. That's a big difference. Um, the the Fort Wilderness Cabin's kitchen is an actual kitchen, whereas the Art of Animation Resorts is, you know, a microwave and a refrigerator. So it is a, an order of magnitude difference there in the kitchen.
1: I've never made microwave or bacon in a microwave, so
0: <laughs> that might be a disdad foul.
1: It's illegal i'm pretty sure in 18 states
0: um two last things about fort wilderness and i we're running long tonight it's just going to happen we're going to run long but um fort wilderness cabins there's another character there's a i'm sorry another there is a character experience at fort wilderness cabins that is um really one of the overlooked gems of disney property and that's uh, mickey's backyard barbecue it's uh a, it's a, pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's a, a sort of barbecue with Mickey and friends. Um, it's m- less expensive than most of your, your character dining experiences would be uh, a little more intimate. And, um, everybody I've talked to who's done it has said, my God, why aren't more people doing this? I can't, I can't believe people haven't discovered this thing. Um, it's not the best food food in the world. You know, it's, it's, burgers um but it's really it's a unique experience and it's one that uh uh, we haven't had a chance to try yet but I'd, i'd love to try and get my kids out to it
1: yeah i'm in the same boat we haven't been there um but it is definitely one of those places where anyone that i know that has gone there has always said you have to go there so I think we're we're gonna give it a try one of these next couple trips. So, gotta hit every single character dining experience. That's the goal. <laughs> it's one, on my bucket list. In yeah. One trip.
0: <laughs> in one trip, I think you would explode.
1: We did eight last time. <sighs> out of this world. Ouch. Like, yeah. And three of them were princess dinners, so I um. was princessed out. <laughs> You can cut that, right? Because if my daughter <laughs> listens to this, she's getting...
0: Now, see, I thought, if, you know, as a dad, it would be a badge of honor to be princessed out, but... I
1: I would I, would, I would agree. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that'd be another good show. I'm just throwing that out there. There's plenty of us that have war stories, and I guarantee that might not make the clean rating on, on iTunes.
0: Yeah, we may have to save that one.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, all right, well, the, the last thing we wanted to talk about on, on the show, the last resort we wanted to discuss, is the um, really two hotels that are joined together uh, by a shared walkway, uh, the Swan and Dolphin Hotels, which are in the Epcot area. Now, technically, they're treated as deluxe resorts, but I, I included them in the uh, show here as moderate plus because although the um, sort of the the level of service, and the amenities are deluxe, it's missing some of the uh, things that are unique to Disney amenities, because the Swan and Dolphin are not Disney hotels. Um, they're owned by Starwood. Uh, the Dolphin Hotel is actually a uh, a Sheraton, and the Swan Hotel is actually a Weston Hotel, and they're Independently owned, you know, third-party owned hotels on Disney property, right there uh, in the Epcot area, among the other Disney Epcot area deluxe uh, resorts. Uh, I stayed one night at the Swan. Um, our first trip to to Disney, we we were staying on a discount rate that ran out the, for the weekend. You know, it was only good Monday through through Thursday, and so for the for the Friday night, we stayed at uh, at the Swan, and. I was impressed. Um, it's, it's a really nice hotel. Um, I travel for work and I stay in Western hotels a lot. Um, and it was on par with, uh, any of the other Western hotels I've stayed, stayed at. One of the nice things about the Swan and Dolphin is the huge number of dining opportunities that are there. Um, but then you run into the downside, which is there are all these great restaurants at the Swan and Dolphin. None of which are on the Disney Dining Plan. Um, you've got. Oh, somebody wanted to say something. I heard. I, I heard a mute button was, click.
1: That was that was me, but you kept going.
0: Uh, interrupt me, baby. I.
1: I forget what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> dining at the Swan and Dolphin.
1: Is I I haven't, but I'm looking forward to hitting Blue Zoo, and. Uh, What's the karaoke lounge? Kokomo's? K- uh, kimono's. Kimono's. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, I've heard very good things about both. Supposedly, Blue Zoo is the best steak on Disney property at this time. So. Well, and see. Just throwing that. Out and, there.
0: and 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 they're vying with a, another hotel, another restaurant right there in the Swan and Dolphin, uh, which is Shula's Steakhouse, and Shula's is also frequently referred to as as the best steak on Disney property so uh, you know you've got great steaks Uh, Blue Zoo also does some really unique fish preparations that that are are sort of its signature Um, Kimono's is a uh, a great sushi place Uh, they do karaoke it's a fun place for adults uh, later at night you've also got uh, the fresh uh, sort of a buffet type am I I think that's the think fresh is the buffet There there's I, I lose track of them. There are so many different dining opportunities there in this one and Dolphin um, really something for everyone.
1: It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to stay at either. Um, I'm sure if I accrued enough starwood points, I would probably take advantage of it at some point. Um,
0: this is exactly what I did.
1: <laughs> I, hey, I, and there, they are, definite advantages to staying on these third party disney side or disney hotels where um uh, correct me if i'm wrong you can still get the dining plan
0: well that's that's the trick i don't believe you can okay um and there there are some other things you miss out on um you're not eligible for disney's magical express so you have to deal with the you know getting yourself to the airport if you're not renting a car um or you don't drive to to disney um you also i'm I'm, you're not eligible for the dining plan uh you are eligible for extra magic hours which is nice um but
1: which if if you're if you're not a fan of the dining plan and you're obviously going to get yourself To I mean you can get yourself to the hotel for forty bucks if you grab one of the limo services or anything to that effect. Again, it's not free, but um, there are definite advantages to to staying in one of these hotels. First of all, the rooms are uh, you know far and away uh, is a price comparison much much larger than anything you're going to find on Disney property. you're obviously dealing with, do they have heavenly beds there?
0: Is yes. That, yes. Uh, they have heavenly beds. Um,
1: you, I mean, you have probably better, better bedding there. Um,
0: yeah. I, I happen- mean, all of those things are, are really on a par with Disney deluxe resorts. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why they're considered a deluxe resort. You know, the heavenly beds alone are worth it being a deluxe resort. Um, all of these things are true. It is, however, definitely a different feel in the Swan and Dolphin than in the Disney Resort, in the Disney Resorts. They are, um, you know, although they're architecturally unique, they're still built as, you know, big Westin's. convention hotels, right? Westin's, Sheraton's, you know, they, they have that that sort of big convention hotel feel as opposed to the more the more intimate Disney feel, because one of the things that I think Disney does really well is that even in their bigger resorts, they find ways to make them feel more intimate and there's really nothing about the swan or dolphin that feels intimate. Um, on the other hand, like I said, you know, they're, they're luxurious. They're well taken care of. Um, every experience that we had with staff was positive. Um, the uh you know, as I've said, the the food opportunities, the the restaurants are terrific. I mean they've they've got so many restaurants there that during the food and wine festival they have their own food and wine uh like weekend where the restaurants in the Swan and Dolphin offer their specialties and they do special package rates and things like that. But they have a food and wine festival within the Food and Wine Festival at the Swan and Dolphin. Nice. Um,
1: that that's the best kind of food and wine festival.
0: <laughs> Actually, and they do theirs right. I almost wish Disney would follow their lead. Um, the the way the Swan and Dolphin does it, or at least the way they did it this past year, is you could buy a wristband, and once you bought the wristband, like you paid a, a flat fee, and then it was all you could taste from anything.
1: I'm an eater. I'm with you on that. I don't, it yeah. just makes more
0: sense, you know.
1: Sign me was up. it reasonable? Yeah. Was it reasonably priced?
0: it it was reasonably priced in the context of the package that you were buying because what they did is they sold a package that included the, the, you know, the night at the hotel, the wristband, um, and something else. Um, but anyway, all, all told it was, it was, you know, on a par with paying for, um, you know, a night at a a Disney Deluxe Resort, okay. uh, and frankly, it was probably a little bit cheaper than that
1: for two people yeah. or for one.
0: Um, I believe they sold that sold it as as a double occupancy package, so it was for two oh. people. Um, I, I want to say the wristband was like a hundred bucks or something.
1: That that that's not bad at all. If that that gives you access the whole weekend.
0: Well, I, I think that gave you access for one night.
1: One session or something. Yeah, and then that's still not terrible. But it's still not bad. Yeah.
0: Right, and you know, yes, they're tasting menus and all that, but you know, there they were still, you know, Shula's was still giving you know, three ounce fillets. Um, They were small, but you know, it was a Shula's fillet.
1: I'd still take a three ounce fillet.
0: Um, I mean, the the, grilled to order.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, if you get the sample. I'm assuming it was just the restaurants. at
0: Yeah, it was all the Swan and Dolphin restaurants. So you had steaks from Shula's, you had um, some sort of shellfish thing, I think it was, from Blue Zoo, you had something Italian from Il Molino, um, you know, there were uh, a whole variety. I mean, each of the restaurants had... You
1: know, a, bu- a bunch of sushi. Yeah, yeah. The uh,
0: kimonos had had uh, sushi out. You know, each of the restaurants had three or four dishes that they were they were serving. They also did uh, wine pairing classes that you could pay extra for. They did um, uh, a couple different ones. There was another one I forget. Uh, I don't know. A couple of different wine pairing classes you could take and uh, another one that was either tequila or scotch or something um so sign me
1: up yeah and uh,
0: you know it really sounded terrific and our trip like just missed it the first one two years ago or yeah not this past october but the year before we went and we missed the swan and dolphins food and wine festival by literally one night and i was kicking myself And we just couldn't move the trip once we found out about it. We couldn't add add a day. But anyway, so Swan and Dolphin, I think, are great options. They're especially great options if you um, are eligible for any of the discounts that they have available. They often run discounts for um, government employees, for teachers especially, for nurses, Um, There are a bunch of those kinds of categories of discounts that they run that really bring the price of a deluxe resort down into the range of a moderate resort. Um, And again, if you travel for work, you know, collect those Starwood points. Um, It is a, you know, Category 5 resort, so nights are expensive when it comes to points, but uh, it's possible, um, and I, I believe they also do participate in the in the uh, you know points plus cash discount program, but I don't remember for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure either. But I, being being the husband of a teacher, I do know that it is the cheapest place for teachers to stay on property.
0: Yeah,
1: I, but far far and away. I mean, I I know they were throwing rooms out there at must have been forty percent off, and it was one sixty nine a night with the with three or four nights. Maybe it was one night free, but it ended up being just under the cost of a moderate resort for what the um, for for what you get that's Yeah. That's out of this world. That's that's a really I mean I've stayed in Westons and big cities that are more you know, twice as expensive as what they were throwing around. Yeah.
0: Oh, and I, I do have to mention, um, S- the Swan and Dolphin is the one place on Disney property that you will pay a resort fee, um, but at least you get something for that resort fee. Uh, the resort fee is, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it's about $19 a day, which you have to think about that when you book the room price, because it's not included in the room price. It just shows up on your bill when you get there, and there's no way not to pay it. You can't opt out of it. Um But at least they include something worthwhile for your um, resort fee, Um, because you get, uh, I think it's two free bottles of water, Uh, you get your parking is included in that $19, and um, a newspaper, which you don't usually get at Disney resorts. So at least, like I said, again, it's, it's something, as opposed to some places that tack on a resort fee and you can't really figure out what it is you're getting extra for it.
2: Hey, Aaron, what about internet service there?
0: oh uh, that's the other thing. Yes, they do have Wi-Fi and it is included in your resort fee. That's
2: Good. not
0: bad. Yeah. I mean, considering you're going to pay $10 a day for, for internet at this point at most other Disney resorts, right. um, you know, you lop that off and now the resort fee is really only about $9 and that includes parking. So, not so bad. Well, Oh, I'm sorry. Does anybody have other Uh, comments or questions? I
1: was going to say a $9 newspaper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Don't forget, you know, those bottles Mm -hmm. of water are probably $3 each.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, Well, so you've heard what we think about these resorts. Why don't you tell us what you think? Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at DizDad's Podcast on Twitter or participate in the discussions on the DizDad sub-forum of the Disney for Families forum on the DizBoards.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Nice job. And I got us out of the clothes
1: with only two tries. This has been a Wizard of Oz production.